Welcome to episode 105 of the Better of Running podcast. I'm Chris Armstrong, Run to PB coach, and alongside me is fellow Run to PB coach and host of the show, Zach Newman. And I must say, Zacha, you got a great show lined up tonight, mate. How are you going? Hey, Chris. Oh, yes. We've got a jam-packed show, mate. Great to be back on air. We've got a race to chat about. You and uh, you and Soph are out, uh, you're on your debut around the lake at Ballarat, which uh, a few social photos came up, which was very cool to see. And um, yeah, excited to hear about the results there. We've got uh, special guests popping in, just a, a lazy sub four minute miler, uh, run to BB coach and all round legend. So um, yeah, looking forward to that catch up. And what else we got, mate? We've got, um, we've got some run to PB heroes and a, a bit of a random act of kindness to, to pop into the show as well. Yeah, that's yeah, good to good to sort of highlight some uh, some really positive things in uh, in the world at the moment because there's a few things. Um, yeah, it's always good just to to hear about people doing really good things out there. So yeah, big show, mate, and uh, just mate, I'm, I'm just brimming to hear about this. Um, this pacing job of yours, mate. The uh, the train driver uh, down in Ballarat, mate. So let's let's rip into it, mate. Yeah, no, it was um it was a good day down in Ballarat. I must say, I checked the weather forecast a couple of days out, and it looked pretty <laughs> icy. <laughs> was thinking arm sleeves, gloves, um, possible beanie, just um, looking for all the layers but I'll tell you what jumped out of the car and it was a, a mild eight degrees and <laughs> um this wind that I was sort of so fearful of it didn't really materialize I mean it was probably nothing more than a, a breeze but yeah, right. what we noticed like um when the sun was out it was beautiful outside yeah. it was really nice um, but as soon as the sun ducked behind the clouds it felt like the temperature just plummeted and um the amount of times where I'd, I'd took my, my thick jacket off, put it, you know, put it on my bag. And then two minutes later, the sun disappeared and it was straight back yeah. on. So, um, yeah. The but photos I, I saw, like the photo I've seen, it, it looks like you bathed in sun, but then I, I saw a lot of the Melbourne uni photos come through and it was like, yeah, it was a bit gray and looked bloody freezing. So yeah. Yeah. You got an hour or so out there. It's just getting that window of how long, you know, what, <laughs> whether you're going to cop, um, Good weather or bad weather yeah and look conditions for the race honestly i thought they were great um mm. i mean there was a little bit of a breeze and you know different stages probably had to work a little bit harder um you know to try and maintain the same pace but all in all for how ballarat could be i reckon we got out of it pretty well um but no it was great a, with your warm-up did you because it was obviously first time down at the lake did you mm -hmm. go out for a couple of k out one way and then back the other way or did you yeah, stay away so, from the lake and just um, take it all in for the race just um like sort of i'd message Soph just to say you know i guess just to let her know that hey we'll see you soon and um she was running a little bit late so i thought i'll hang around till two o'clock so 2 30 race start but mm. i'll hang around till two and just see where Soph is and you know because i thought we might go for a bit of a jog together and 
just um, <laughs> suss out what we're going to do. <laughs> anyway, I was doing a few um, drills and exercises just um, near the start line and pretty much got right to two o'clock and I thought I'll go, I'll go for a bit of a jog and lo and behold, he's safe. She, um, she just showed up. Um, so yeah. It was, was fine though, I reckon, half an hour before the race. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, no, that was the bare minimum for me. I, <laughs> I, like, I'll give it to two, I'll give it to two. But um, yeah, um, yeah, which was a pretty surreal moment because whilst I've, I've chatted with Soph a lot over the last probably 18 months, we've never actually mm. met each other face to face. So, what? No way. Yeah, no, first time, first time face to face. So, um, yeah, it was pretty that. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah had it bit of a quick hug and a, and a chat and um yeah off we ran so went and did the warm-up and um so i don't i didn't get many words in um so yeah. <laughs> so okay. was going full noise uh, on the yeah. chat and um she was pretty excited so um yeah we just did oh, probably 3k sort of 1500 out and back almost it was almost the first 3k of the course because um, yeah. it was a little out and back to start off but uh, okay yep, yep. Um, so went that way yeah so gotcha. Yeah, just got a bit of a feel for the breeze. It wasn't too bad, but um, we probably shouldn't have run on the road because the early starters were on the road and pretty much oh, yeah. everyone else that was doing a warm-up was probably doing the right thing and just running on the gravel path <laughs> um, <laughs> on the inside of the lake. But, um, yeah, no, it's sort of – we're coming back and I'm thinking, geez, we're cutting it fine. We haven't even bothered to really even talk about the races yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just sort of said, so, oh, so 345s? No, yep, 345s. That's what we're going to aim for. <laughs> did and did that, we? Did you witness Soph move into sort of race mode like in the last few minutes of that warm-up? Because I saw you got 17 and a half minutes in, mm, nearly 18 minutes. Yeah, no, she did. So she gave me a very direct warning um, <laughs> during the warm-up and said, I'm full of chat during the warm-up and the cool-down, but when, when it's race time, I don't talk. I don't, yeah. I don't waste any energy chatting. Oh, um, I'm like, no, no, that's fine. That's fine, mate. No issues with that. So, um, so you didn't record the podcast for us? <laughs> no, <laughs> mate, I, re I reckon I could say everything that, that we said <laughs> sort of a bit under an hour and give you the full rundown. Um, but no, so, and that's that was the only instruction, like 345. So, um, I'm going, yeah, okay. So, I did a few strides, and mind you, mate, I hadn't done anything at that pace or around that pace for two weeks since I'd had mm. the sciatic nerve problem. So I'm just really hoping that they're not going to come back <laughs> and that everything's going to be okay. But we stood on the start line and so, you know, obviously so deserving to be at the pointy end of the, of the grid. Um, she's lined up pretty far up front and I was shitting myself thinking oh, I shouldn't <laughs> be up here. Like this isn't really, I don't belong yeah. um, up in this spot, but clearly so does. But um, anyway, we, we sort of got underway and Soph's taken off and I've panicked a bit thinking oh no like am I slow is it just because I haven't done any work um has Soph got out quick and anyway I let it go for about 100 meters and I looked down at my watch and I've gone oh shit and I called out to Soph who'd already put about probably eight meters on me like Soph 331s <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she's um I'm I'm assuming it's a pretty she, hectic start though isn't it like you know, yeah it, it was I could feel people sort of coming up um, behind me um, pretty quick and mm. um, not quite as many on Soph's side of the road but the way we lined up like we pretty much lined up in the middle of the road and for those that don't know like AV try and um, have like the right side of the road is for the female runners and the left side of the road is for the guys 
Um, and but I mean, it's, it does get a bit mixed up as you go further back into the group, but it's more like just to give the faster runners who are competing for those sort of top 10, 20 spots a bit more space. Yeah. Um, but we lined up directly, um, you know, either side of the middle of the road. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, Soph was in the right spot, but I was a bit worried about getting stampeded. But anyway, Soph must have heard me because she did gently um, come back. And I think we went through that first came about, you know, right on 3.45, which was good and um, just settled into a nice rhythm. Um, once we got through that first sort of couple, I came out a gentle little tailwind. And um, I think the next few, like probably till we got to about 6K, we were running 42s and 43s. Um, so were you looking at the watch every K? Yeah, I was keeping a pretty good eye on it, mainly because yeah. I was super nervous. I mean, it's funny, you know, I look at, Soph's definitely a mate, but it was kind of um, a bit, I was almost looking at, you know, Soph's, Soph's elite. Like, I I like don't feel qualified to sort of be a pacer or tell Soph what to do. So I was like, how can I just not get in the way and stuff mm -hmm. this up? So I was just trying to be pretty smooth and... Um, just really settle into a rhythm and what about um, the, the so you you know you obviously mentioned you did a few strides and then you got going but the nerve issue because you were focused on the splits and all the rest of like you weren't even thinking oh how's the legs you know is anything going to happen here or were you completely in the zone as to i've got a job here with with soph yeah pretty much just thinking i had a job um because I was just trying not to think about it because I knew that I wouldn't really have to think about it because if it was going to play up, I'd know about it very quickly because um, it does get really painful and tight um, mm. rather quick. But, um, I've yeah, I've got this, um, it's called Percutane. It's, it's a heat cream, but it's got the same active ingredient in it that capsicum spray's got in it. Um, so it's rather it's rather. <laughs> Where are you hot. getting this stuff from? Yeah, it's off the black market. No, yeah. it's a um, chemist warehouse stock. Yeah. So it's um, I haven't imported it from free Columbia plug or it. anything. Be a yeah, free warehouse. Free warehouse. Uh, free be empty this week. For all your needs, pop down yeah. the chemist warehouse. No. Um, yeah, and no, I think you can get it on the shelves there, but highly recommend. Probably the only thing I would suggest is that um, if you're intending to have a shower or a bath, you know, three or four hours after, running um it's a good idea to get straight home and scrub this off with some soapy water because otherwise if you jump into hot water and you've still got this on your skin it's gonna it's very painful um i honestly anyone that yeah it, it's awful it's really awful but um the stuff works i'll guarantee that it really does get in very deep and lasts a long time nice. um yeah but um we got through to about six seven k and you know we there was no chat around like get to the side or get out in front probably on the coming up to the second lap and we we're doing a little bit of work into a breeze and we'd sort of um you know i'm going to say drifted we'd moved to maybe 46s and 47s um and we were just almost running a little bit by ourselves like we weren't mm. isolated but there was a group about sort of 25 30 meters off us and um i was a bit conflicted and i just I'm like oh, i don't want to tell soph what to do i mean one because i've got absolutely no right to um and i thought oh, i'll just offer and see if i can help and I said i oh, you know hey do you want to tuck in behind me and, and see if i can do a bit of work just to make life a bit easier and um anyway i sort of yeah okay 
So I just sort of tucked in and just sort of leaned a little bit and sort of probably um, got the pace down to sort of 42s, 43s yeah. over the next couple of K. And we started to catch a few people. Um, but I just sort of said to Soph, like, if you want me to, um, you know, speed up or sit or ease back, you just tell me. Like, you literally just, you tell me what to do and I'll be right. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and she just, you know, it was really just like one word response. It's just like, and it was just sit, just sit. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just sort of did that and just sat um, while there was a bit of breeze going on. And then when we had the breeze at our backs, so I just moved a bit wider. And Soph pretty much did her own thing anyway. Um, yeah. She just sort of navigated around the road and, um, you know, some of the photos there, you probably see that for the most part, we did have one or two or three people around us most of the time. So I was going to say, were the same people around you most of the time? Um, yeah, more or less. Um, we didn't have too many people go past us um, after about four or five K. Um, yeah. So yeah, we were able to sort of slowly catch people up. Um, but yeah, just allowed Soph to pick the lines that she wanted to run. So she could run a bit more of the tangents where I probably just sat it wide and, and I guess use myself more as a marker of, Hey, this is around three forty-five, but um, as we sort of, began to drop a couple of seconds a K. It was more, I just wanted to be around where Soph was rather than sort of push on up the road, um, mm -hmm. you know, and be 10 or 15 metres ahead because that would have been completely pointless. So, Did um, you, because um, I'm looking at, say, K12, 13, into the 50, low 50s, mm. you're looking at the watch going, do I say something here? Like, or are we, you know, because we're, we're trying to hit 345, so I need to sort of, do a bit of a rev up or you just nah. you're reading you're reading the situation like yeah we're 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 in a good spot here like we're doing what we can and let's just get home yeah no look i um this was just trying to know my place and didn't want to i mean i'll never i'll never be the, the best runner or anything like that but one thing i've probably spent a lot of time over the years is um just understanding people's body language and trying yeah. to to read people and yeah. um, I'd sort of, I guess, seen enough signs there from Soph and I just, I didn't want to be that I'm sort of half stepping, but you just, I think you just get a, a feel for when, yep. um, you know, how people are feeling. So I really just wanted to run sort of side by side with Soph and I knew that she would, um, I guess, push the pace to an effort level that she felt was 100%. the right way to go um, and I just wanted to be there I guess as support more than anything because I realistically let, let's be honest Soph's a, a gun athlete mm. and um, she's tough you know yeah. she's a mum she's a marathon runner and she's bloody brilliant at both so I don't think there was really any words of wisdom um, yeah pump up that was really gonna help her find a couple of extra seconds um, 100%. I've was, been in a similar boat with um doing work with Mads, uh, Matt, Madeline Heiner and um, a couple of years back when she was sort of preparing me things and I was being a hack and I was jumping in and out of sessions and, like, you just think, well, you know, she's an Olympic final. I, I can't say anything. Like, she she knows how to work hard. She knows what the job is and how to work hard. And, you know, like, it's it's such a – it's a – it's a tr I don't know, it's a, it's a tricky kind of – position to be in sometimes when you're just like well you know i can't i don't really want to say anything here because i think you know what you're doing but should i say something yeah <laughs> um, oh and that's it like um <laughs> i guess I, I didn't 
want to say anything dumb either and go, oh, this is, you know, the first time I've met Soph and I'm, um, <laughs> I've just said the most embarrassing thing that I could possibly ever say. But no, so I, I just wanted to support the best way I could. And, um, you know, in that sense, I, I just felt that just by being there and, um, yeah. So I, to be honest, I loved every step. Um, I was very grateful that, you know, physically I got through it really well, but yeah. it, was, it was a privilege to be able to be there and actually see how Soph goes about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think she mentioned that probably at no stage during the race did she feel great. Um, you know, she's mm-hmm. sort of a bit tired, um, got there a bit late. Training's, you know, training's going well, but certainly didn't really taper for this one. So, no, and this um, is in a marathon block, and it's yeah. not an a, it's not an A race by any stretch of the imagination. So, no, you know, it's it's it's, it's a hit out. Mm. Um, but yeah, just to see the way she goes about it, how she can switch between, um, you know, I guess warm up mode and race mode, that was really cool. And you know, we're, we're talking about, um, you know, one of the better athletes in the state, so. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And as we know, Soph's a hell of a lady too. So, um, yeah, it was cool to meet um, one of our mates and, and go for a run together because, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, um, COVID's kind of wrecked most of those opportunities. So, yeah. um, I mean, for me, I mean, whilst, you know, you can go and do a race and have a bit of fun or, you know, you can, um, you know, sort of made a memory out of it. And, that, you know, last Saturday's a day I'm not going to forget. So, you know, hopefully there'll be a chance to do something similar at some point down the track again as well. Yeah, and it's that front row, you know, your front seat to getting to be alongside someone of that level going about their business, like, and you're, you know, there playing playing a small role but getting to see it up close. It's, it's, it is really cool, um, you know, like I sort of touched on, I think back to, to other opportunities I've had with, with elite runners that you know have achieved a lot more than me but i at least get to to see to see it in the flesh and when they're going at you know going about their business yeah it's really cool so yeah no it was good like you know even just sort of being exposed to that there's things that i can take away and i can um you know use as suggestions and and ideas for my athletes as Mm. well so no it was it was good and you know we went and did a cool down together and um you know that, that was really cool too, just having a gentle shuffle and around sort of Lake Wendouree. And um, yeah, that was just, a, it was a great day. So and we've, we've both pulled up pretty well. I think Soph was a bit heavy in the legs, not so much the Sunday, but the Monday um, was pretty yeah. tired and I was pretty similar. So, um, but hey, yeah. the, you know, off, off where you were a few weeks back to then go out and hit, you know, the, the 15K on the road and then back it up with, with a Sunday run. Um, yeah, you got to be, absolutely stoked with that uh, weekends mm. of running oh mate pain-free running it's um mm. i think we take it for granted when yeah. they're doing it and as soon as it's taken away from us we just um yeah we wonder what the hell we've done wrong so mm. uh very, very grateful and um yeah hopefully there'll be some more of it um over the, the next few weeks as well and lastly mate there might have been a cheeky photo of um team faff <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was um, a bit of fresh kit um yeah. rolling around so um yeah we've, we've got some training tops and, and some singlets so um yeah sort of i haven't got any i'm not cool enough to have any bendigo kit just yet um because i missed out on the initial order um, right. at the start you get, of the you year get so. bendigo bat tat soon 
<laughs> well, I've actually, it's funny you say that. I've actually got one of the temporary tats from earlier in the year that I, that I haven't used um, and it's actually still on the fridge. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe one day. I don't know. I, was, I still don't know if I've earned enough pool points given that I've just run in Divi 7 most of the year. Just a small one on the neck or something, mate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, um, who knows? Who knows? I might have to celebrate the premiership for the, the boys um, some, one way or another. But, um, yeah. Mad Monday. So, you never know. Don't rule out anything on Mad Monday. Yeah. Hey, look, I think grand final um, <laughs> September public holiday. Um, who knows? <laughs> there, there could be some random acts of um, bat tats getting around. Now, Zach, are you back into it, mate? A little bit more progress. A couple of runs over the last week or so. How's it all going? Yeah, body's, um, body's enjoying the return to running. Like like I sort of mentioned last week, um, yeah, obviously some short runs just to, yeah, as much as the motivation's back and the mind's ready to go, I've also, also got to be mindful of, um, yeah, not jumping in too quickly. And uh, I, I, I obviously do not want to be on the sidelines again, so I want to just take my time. So, yeah, back to... You know, I think we touched on last week, a um, couple of 30, 40-minute runs. And then um, I got out to the Yarra Flats on Sunday and was able to rejoin the group for uh, for part of their long run. Obviously, going out to an hour 40, I turned around after half an hour and, um, yeah, got an hour done. So always good to, yeah, get back into the routine. You know, getting back in that Sunday run group um, was a, another step towards um, a bit of normality on the running front. So, enjoyed that mate so yeah all all system go knocked out another uh, couple of laps of the tan tonight so yeah and and like we sort of mentioned last week the the reset of the body is probably what's the best um best part of it for me is that um yeah everything seems to be back in um back in sync so we're always happy with that uh so mate system checks being good motivation's high with <laughs> We just got to stack those weeks now, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, we all we all want things to happen probably quicker than they do, but I'm I'm mindful that, yeah, just gotta just gotta pull a few more weeks together, and then uh, yeah, I'll start to build in some some workouts, and before we know it, we'll be thinking about uh, signing up to a couple of races. I think, Chriso. No, that's it. We've got plenty of those coming up. That's for sure. <laughs> Returning to the Better With Running podcast is our sub four minute miler, 28 minute, 49 second 10K man is Run to BB coach James Hansen. We actually last caught up with James. I was, we were looking back at it, Chris. So it was back in episode 88, back in April. So, um, and actually that week he was lining up for the for the Run the Tan event. Uh, he was confident. He was saying that he was just, he was excited to have a crack at that race. Didn't put too much pressure on himself and then uh, goes out and wins it. Won it in 10.44, a hot lap around the 10. So we reckon we're a bit of a lucky omen in uh, in race week. So we thought with National Cross Champs uh, coming up over in Adelaide this weekend and Jimmy is going around, we thought we'd get him on the show for a bit of a catch-up. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach and Chriso. Good to be Good to be back on. Always good to chat running with you, mate. And uh, we were just saying off air, last time we caught up was actually in real life, not over at Zoom. And uh, we, were, we were 
I was part of your entourage uh, celebrating that win at Lonnie where you were the first Tasmanian to win that event and uh, in a new race record of 28.49. Thanks, Zaka. Um, big day yeah, down was, there, mate. That was huge. What's that? It was a big day down there. Yeah, it was massive, massive for me. I don't think it was a race record. I think race records, Jack, Jack um, Rayner's got it. I think it's around lower 28s but um yeah you might be right i gotta be a bit, bit excited about it. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like it was yeah unreal like growing up with the lonnie tan it's um and you know as you'd know coming down there, it's just such a big race and the whole community gets around it and just to just to win it like i've, I've raced it so many times and just being i guess you get gobsmacked by the guys out in front and it's it was just crazy to actually actually win it for once. Like, you know, the field probably wasn't as strong as it has been in terms of having, you know, one of your really big names like Jack Rayner or Brett yeah. Brett Rum. But um yeah, it was very, very special to me. It's probably, you know, when I came down that finishing straight, it's probably one of the most special moments I've had in running, just being able to do that in front of the home crowd. So yeah, your it was family, pretty awesome. Your family was there? Yeah, mum, mum and dad were there, and my girlfriend was there. So, you know, that was pretty special to get to share it in front of them. And then I guess also some of their friends that would never ordinarily come out and see me run. You know, they were able to experience it as well because often, you know, they won't come to the track or run, watch a race that's live. But being right in town, a lot of people, you know, that wouldn't ordinarily see me run got the opportunity. So that was pretty cool. So Especially you, off. Oh, so I was just going to, sorry, Chris, I probably cut, up, cut you off, mate. Um, Just to continue on with that, because your family being there, like, because you, you know, we talked last time in the episode about the health struggles and the things you've been through. So to, for them to see that live and to see the enormity of winning that event and being the first Tassie, like, yeah, that you must have got chills. Like when you, when, you, when you sort of made that move, which was maybe what, seven, eight K out, you kind of went for home and must have been thinking, Far out. This is, you know, pinching myself here from someone who thought maybe you know, running's done for me when you were in those those health problems. To to then going going off the front and, and winning the Lonnie Ten, it must have been a huge um, huge elation when you crossed that line. Yeah, I think the year previous I was just been after I had my blood clot, so before it I was like really excited I was really excited about Lonnie 10 like I was like oh, I really want to do it I feel like I could, could be competitive this year and then I got the blood clot in my brain just before that was happening then I, that was like the first time I really came out and actually saw people and I was like oh, I really want to be a part of it I ended up being on the commentary with Patty Smith yeah watching it so it was like such a turn of events to go you know to be that far back and then to actually actually win the race it was yeah, it was was quite surreal, um, and the way it just just the way I felt like I never really thought I'd feel that good in a ten k. So, um, yeah, I wish I didn't realize I had such a lead. Like I um, honestly, I thought I'd had a race. When was it? Like a couple of weeks before, and Sam Clifford, I dropped him at like four or five k, and then he came up to me about one k to go, and. I just had in my head that was going to happen again. So I, I was honestly, until I actually crossed that line, I was not relaxed at all. Like I was like just running, running, running. Then I watched the footage. I was like, oh, wow. I actually could have enjoyed that a little bit. But um, yeah, 
that Very was cool. really special. So while you were celebrating the win from the 10K as well, Jimmy, I believe, is there any truth in the room you received a call from the mayor of Launceston as well? Definitely not true. Definitely no? not true at all. No, apparently, so apparently someone asked him the question on the start line, who's going to win the race? And he, his answer was some mainlander. That's all he said. <laughs> so then when I was like having my interview, some of the guys asked me, what do you think about the mayor saying before the race, who do you think is going to win some mainlander? Some mainlander. So, um, yeah, that was, I think that was kind of the inside joke. It definitely it never called me, so... <laughs> Won't give old Albert that prop up. (laughs) (laughs) Who was the guy that called you in the pub then? In the pub? (laughs) Pretty sure Albert. Was that Frank Knight? Yeah. I thought you, it was, or maybe it was a politician or some description. We we thought it was the mayor. Well, that's what we were going with. Oh, no. So Frank Knott. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that now. So Frank Knott was a deputy mayor of Launceston. You're getting up there. You're getting closer to the top. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he just called me. Was that the call where he just like, he's just like, um, it was real, like he didn't say, he didn't even like really like talk to me. It was just like, congratulations, Jimmy. Like, well done on the race. <laughs> but, like this massive steal. And then he like hung up the phone. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, how you going, mate? Like, haven't spoken yeah. to you for a year. It was like, it was like 30 seconds where he's just gone, congratulations, first Tasmanian to do it over 10K yeah. and um, well yeah. done, see you later. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, good to chat to you as well, Frank. Yeah, you definitely appreciate that. Maybe still sour because I left, I left North Monsesson Athletics Club, so I don't want to, I know he was a bit upset about that, so <laughs> Did, no. didn't want to actually have <laughs> I only just remember that now. Jeez. Shout out to Frank if he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. He was a really good early reference back in the day. So <laughs> nice one. Uh Chris, so we were talking um actually you mate, this as we continue on that that sort of that night, um, we were laughing about the fact that you were gonna fly out via Sri Lanka to go to Europe the next day. How did that work out for you in the end? <laughs> yeah, so um that was that was definitely a cheap flight, recommended terms of cheap flight. I made it, so it was fine. Colombo Airport was a dump, like an absolute dump. And I think inflation was so bad there that there was this, so I didn't go in, like well, I didn't go anywhere because that stopover was pretty short. Mm. Um, airplane was fine. This guy, this Aussie guy, he went to go and buy a burger from Burger King and mm. it was going to cost him, I think it was like 48 US dollars just to get a burger from Burger King. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, their inflation, inflation is. Yeah, no, yeah, crazy. So, but yeah, I made it. So I was a bit worried because I think you told me the night before, you're like, <laughs> just letting you know, mate, they've been having some serious fuel shortages <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, I do remember that. But yeah. what was on the itinerary? So you were obviously, you know, Colombo, you weren't racing there. You were just um, the stopover. But Europe bound, um, where were you going to base yourself? Yeah, so we were going to go... So there was a lot of the Aussies were basing themselves in a place called Tübingen um, in Germany. Mm-hmm. So I went over with a young runner, Finn Russell. So he's like a really good up and coming junior runner. And he came over and, and trained with me over there. So we went and stayed. So we're looking at um, Tübingen and there was no accommodation there at all. 
So, and it, or it was like, if there was anything, it was like ridiculous price. Like it was crazy. So we, we found this Airbnb that was like 10 minutes away. I was in this suburb called Reutlingen. And um, we based ourselves there. So that it was like a train ride away. But to be honest, like the place was a bit of a hole. So we were stuck there for two weeks in this like just really bad place. But we did like, we made it work. Like we, I found this nice forest that was close by. And then obviously we catch the train to Tubingen. But the thing is when you're in a suburb, you don't, I guess once you're there for training, you really make it like your home. So yeah, we were stuck in Reutlingen a lot. Um, which soon found out why it was so cheap, but yeah, it was part of, <laughs> part of the experience, part of the story. So, so your manager or an, an is an agent or someone sets these races up for you, and then you go, okay, let's um, let's try and find somewhere nearby so we can base ourselves off those races. Um, that's how it should work. So I don't really have <laughs> I don't really have a manager. So um, I have Brian Rowe who helps me out a little bit. So like I basically speak with him and I go, look, I'm trying to get into the, like, cause I very much last minute went to mm. Europe. So it wasn't like something that was planned for a long period of time. Cause I've kind of been out of the sport. I haven't tra- traveled overseas since 2019. Didn't really know how to go about it. So basically what I did was I booked a, I looked at what the races were. I found there was a 5k race in Oslo and I emailed the race director myself and he said, yep, you can get a race. So that was actually in Norway. So that was the only race I had locked in. Mm. And then from there, we basically decided, look, I've got this 5K and try to build the trip around it. But when I actually went over, I only had one race lined up. So we just thought, you know, go to go to Germany, base ourselves, base ourselves there and then kind of figure it out from there. So I think to start with, there was a race. I'm trying to think where it was. It was... I think there was a no, there was a race in Finland, and I was like, "Oh, this it was you know one of the higher level races." Tried to get into that, but it's really hard over there to get into races. So, pretty sure the race director just didn't reply. So, I basically I found there's these meets called EAP meets. I found one of those online, emailed the meet director, and said, "You know, look, these are my times coming up. Anyway, they're like you can get in." So we basically. That was the first five days I was there. That was the first meet I did. It was in a place called Nivelles. So we just took a train. I think it was like six, seven hours. We took a train up to Belgium the day before the race. And um, yeah, ended up racing that that race in Nivelles. So that was that was my first 1500. And I ran a 340 there. So I was pretty happy with that because that was that was I think it was maybe five six days after Off the Lonnie Ten, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lonnie Ten was the Sunday, then that was the Saturday, plus the time difference. So it wasn't wasn't too much of a difference, plus all the travel and stuff. So that was a really good start to the trip, and um, I think I got performance of the meet there. So I got like a bonus of like five hundred euros, mm. and then like so it actually actually worked out all right. Yeah, going to that one, but um. Yeah, that I think that was my season. I hadn't run a fifteen. Oh, I'd only run one fifteen hundred at Tassie State Champs, so my season's best went from like three fifty one then to three forty. Yeah. So, and you yeah. hadn't really done any sort of fifteen hundred specific work, or you just you know obviously you're coming off a road ten k, you hit the strength, but you're just straight into a into a three forty. Yeah, like I hadn't done any racing, but yeah. when I was 
when I was in Tassie, like all my training was starting to gear down towards yeah. the 1500. Like my, I was doing much more specific mm. track sessions and everything. So I had, I had done it all, but it was just, yeah, obviously a matter of like Lonnie 10, I think, I think I probably would run a better 10 K off the, that speed endurance work I do just because it seems to make me so strong and my mm. volumes were increasing throughout the year. So I think that helped, but, but yeah. Um, so that was, that was that race in the Vels. And then, so then we basically went back to, took the train back, the seven hour trip back to um, Reutling. And then we're there for, I think it was for about another seven days, seven or eight days. So that gave me a little bit of a training block before the Oslo 5k so that was the, the the goal was to get as fast over the five k as, as possible for the trip, or get obviously get more Europe racing. Experience. Not really, to be honest. If I had have not, I really wanted to go over and have a crack at making the world championship team. And that was the only reason I went over. It was probably stupid by me, but I didn't actually check. I don't think I properly read the nomination criteria, yeah. and the cutoff for it was the weirdly like the twenty eighth. Like I just assumed it was the the thirtieth. So the reason I locked that 5K in was I was like, well, that gives me a race where I can potentially have a crack at it. Yeah. Because it just kind of, I guess it gives you that. And, you know, I wouldn't have made it anyway, but it gives you that thing where it's like you're going over and you've got a really strong why that you can do something Mm. good over there. So I kind of thought that, but then by the time I got there, I realized that my chances were gone anyway of doing that. But um, yeah, the goal... I wanted to say, I knew I could run a big PB in the 5K, but, you know, really, like, if I could run a good 15, that was really, like, I still see myself, a lot of people think I've moved more towards the 5K, but I do see my strength being the 1500. At the moment, we'll see, like, I'm just going to see what happens with the 5K, but I'm definitely not targeting that as such yet. Of the two races, Jimmy, between the 1500 and the 5k that you had over there, mate, which one were you most happy with? Um, so the five, that 5k, that was really good. So I did 1334 for that. And then, so this is quite, this is just like how it works with racing. So there was this race where I ran my PB in um, 2019. It's called the Huizden Night of Athletics this massive meet really cool mm. and i really wanted to get a run in that and basically could not get in contact with the meet director mm. i don't think riley could get in contact with him and i'm just like right. and like this is potentially my last chance to, to get a run so i ran the 1334 mm. then then i'm heading back to belgium because i'm just like i'm just got to get in this race and anyway i met this guy at the novelles race and he knew the meet director and apparently he's quite a hard type of man and he, he's really really like won't really give you any time anyway i ended up getting this meet director's number because i messaged him emailed him like five ten times i'm like i've yeah. got to get into this race mm. so this is the day before the race call him up like nine o'clock in the morning at this stage i'm not on the start list start list being released yeah. my name's not on there and anyway call him up get the call guy answers the phone in like a bit of a you know, foreigner accent and then starts acting like he can't understand me. I'm like talking, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like hey, that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Sorry, yeah. the phone's coming yeah. out. <laughs> anyway, oh. I sent him this massive text because I had his number mm. now. 
Yeah, you weren't letting him go. <laughs> I was not letting him go. I'm like, stuff is like, I've just got to know that I've tried everything to get in this race because yeah. I knew it was possibly one of my chances to run well. Mm. And um, anyway, so I get this message back like 30 minutes later and I'm in the race. He's like, he's like updated me on the start list. And I was like, oh, sorry, like, I felt so relieved. Um, so yeah, ended up getting that race at Hoisden. I was in the B race, but the B races are still really strong over there like that's where i ran my pb last time and um ran a 338.2 in that race so that was that was like two days after the 5k so i was happy with it kind of but it was 0.1 off my pb yeah. and the last race i was doing it was probably going to be hit and miss whether it was a good race or not so i was like oh, i'm potentially coming away from europe running 0.1 after my off my pb off you know three years of going there you probably spend like i probably spent close to 12 grand just being over there yeah um so that's that's where i was so i was a little bit little bit disappointing like i was obviously happy but i was like oh i feel like there's so much more there and then yeah my last race was in a, another belgian town called korchek and it was just it was pretty cool like the field there was looked decent but then the day before i'm like checking the start list and um comes up that there's this, I think it was like Menengoy or something like that was on the start list. Look him up anyway, PB of 3.28. And he's just in this like this random, this kind of like a random low-key Belgium. Belgium yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, like ended up running a PB in that race, 3.37.6. And I nearly yeah. actually beat him. So 150 to oh, go, yeah. I went around him, let him into yeah. the straight. And then he just got me in that last 50. So, oh. So that was a pretty cool, yeah. cool race to finish on, and you know, just awesome to finish with a PB. So overall, I was, you know, with those four races, I was pretty stoked with how it all went. Not you know, two PBs, yeah, yeah. And I realised I need to get myself a, an agent. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think just well, yeah, just for, I mean, it highlights just you know to the listeners who you know, and we get a lot of. Um, you know, recreational runners and uh, people around the community probably look at guys like yourself who run so fast and you're winning, winning Lonnie and you, you know, you're, you're right at the top of the game. And then just the real, like the grind it is, you know, to, to go yeah. over the other side of the world to try and just get yourself into races and you can't even get on the phone and get into these events. And you, you know, yeah, it's, it's really tough. Um, yeah. It really is. Um, so yeah, I mean that, it's inspiring what you're doing, mate, and those, um, you know, grinding away and getting over there and just putting yourself out there. And you, you got rewarded with those two, two results. And mate, hopefully, um, yeah, we can, can see more races over in Europe when, um, you know, the time, time comes your way. Yeah. No, thanks. Zaka. What about, um, is there a bit of a community of like runners in the sort of same boat over there? Like, you know, other, 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 um, you know, English or Aussies and, you know, that are, obviously you've got some, some professional setups, but is there a few that are doing it is sort of in the same boat that maybe you loop, loop in with the training and you get a chance to, to run with some other people and share some stories and maybe yeah, learn a bit from them? Um, yeah. So there was like, obviously the Aussie blokes in Tubingen. So there was like, um, and then there was a few New Zealanders over there. I feel like they, they were probably, a bit more set up than what I was like they already had their agent set up they had a lot of them had races lined up whereas I felt like I was very 
I just didn't have that mm. at all. And, you know, part of that, I don't, I think coming off a domestic season where I didn't really race, yeah, it's hard yeah. to get in, it's hard to get in the races because they want to know you've got a season's best. Um, but yeah, there is like, obviously with the conversations and stuff, people, people talk about meet directors, people know a lot of the inside mm. type of thing. But yeah, a lot of people are in the same boat. It's like trying to get in the races and, you know, it's not, it's not organized like you're finding out last minute whether you're in mm. in or not. So, and it's, you know, it's really hard. Like, I, you know, like I knew it myself, I'm like, if I get one of these races, I know I can, I'll probably come top three. I'll be yeah. right at the front. Like, I'm not going to be disappointing, but it's just actually getting that, that opportunity. And yeah, like as we're outside, very much outsiders over in Europe, if you don't have those people that have the close connections, it can be yeah, really difficult mm. to get in. So there's some guys doing, I know like Sean Whip's doing a really good job at the moment, managing a lot of athletes. So a lot of the guys that I was talking to are actually working with him. And I think he's, yeah, obviously done a really good job because they, they really seem to know what they were doing. Whereas I felt like my journey was a lot more, you know, obviously me trying to do it myself, it was just a bit of a mess. But yeah. Live and you learn, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chris, mate, how are you going Yeah, I was going to say, like, back in Oz now, mate, a um, bit of cross-country stuff coming up. How's the training going at the moment? It's been, yeah, it's been going well, Chris. So, like, I came back from Europe and I was just so hungry because I felt like I felt I left there, like, really just wanting to push myself to that next level. And I felt like there was potentially, you know, a 335, a 334 mm. in my legs. And I know that's what I need to do to give myself good opportunities. And to be honest, I don't want to go over there again and have that messy situation. It's really hard. Like when you're that person, you just feel like you're not getting any opportunities. So I'm like, I need to really come back and make sure that I come to Australia and really give this a shot and give myself every opportunity to run fast. So usually I'd take, you know, a really long break where, you know, I might have three to four weeks off completely and then you know a good period of just jogging but i decided this time just to you know have maybe one really slow down week but rather than having my big break of jogging i'm just going to start slowly i won't go at the level i was at but i'm going to build my training from a higher level than what i'd usually start at so i haven't i felt like i haven't lost as much as what i usually would um so i'm kind of building from a different spot right now but looking at really building on that so feeling like the fitness is going on going really well considering where i'm where i'm at at the moment i ran a park run um yeah we, we saw that one uh break strava the other week <laughs> I, um yeah second fastest in australia was it yeah so that was a bit of a shock because i had um had like a really well not like a massive week of training but you know i did a long run on the thursday before like an hour 45 pretty strong and then rocked up to the race like couldn't get out of bed because i was so tired like because <laughs> it's park because it's park run you're like yeah. oh nine o'clock like, down there is it and nine, nine o'clock yeah yeah okay yeah and it's it's just you don't have that normal racing mentality mm. and then i rocked up on the start line and then i saw clifford clifford was meant to be racing the next day i'm just like i don't feel like racing today like, like <laughs> it's such an unmotivated mood but then like when the gun when obviously that fitness is just in the legs at the moment and it just came out better than what yeah. anything's really felt doing that type of thing before so 
I think I went out in about a 249K and then through the middle Ks held, would have been like 250, 251. And then this last K, I think maybe around 252 and then yeah, finished off in a 246. So um, yeah, and course record for that, because that one was a previous course record of 14, 16, but the course Mm. they've, the course used to be a bit short. So, but yeah, I think it would have been an Australian record if um, the one where Jude Thomas broke, it's actually short. It's 4.95K. So I think in terms of pace, it was yeah quicker than quicker than that one. So yeah, because I'm looking at your Strava now. Yeah, you've got um, 14.12 officially and uh, it's uh, flying, mate. So um, yeah, well, that, that, uh, that obviously indicate, I mean, that's what are we now? A couple of weeks, yeah couple of weeks on and we're looking at towards a um national cross which uh yeah your name's getting bandied around town as um a bit of a smoky and um yeah heading over to adelaide this weekend how how yeah. are you um how are you feeling about it in, in race week yeah so heading over heading over friday um i'm looking forward to it. i spoke to you boys about it before the call like mm. I still get nightmares from that course when I did it in 2012. <laughs> like it is just like, if it's anything like it was that year, like honestly, like you'd be better off training for like ice skating the way yeah. I felt. <laughs> so like, it was just gross. So I'm hoping, I don't know, like I'm hoping like a good pair of spikes, maybe, I don't know whether, you, whether I should go like a, a longer pair of spikes or something just to get some better gripping into the ground. But um, yeah. Like it'll, I, I love cross country. It's been a lot. I think it's probably been three years since I've actually raced, raced across race. But um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be definitely interesting being on that course. Cause I mean, I haven't even trained on grass for <laughs> a long period of time. So it's like, I'm completely just. This is know. what, this is what kind of excites me because um, yeah, I was actually, Joshy Harris was, um, he was pumping up your tires on, on a few messages like of late, but um, I was sort of thinking, yeah, what is your cross country background? I mean, you obviously as a kid, you did it, but you've moved to the track and the road since. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's obviously that thing you do at school and I used to always win it at school, but then I remember just going to nationals and I would just get absolutely pounded by the guys at cross so it didn't come didn't come naturally compared to on the track i felt like i was much more competitive but then as soon as i got across country i was a fair way off um but yeah like i mean i obviously lived, when i lived in vic did a few you know used to love doing the um is it gels relay gels, yeah yeah, gels yeah relay yeah like <laughs> i had a few few cracks at that and i think i ran like pretty good like i think i ran a 17 40 something or something there maybe um, and when I started there, I remember the first year I did it, I did like a 1930 or something. So I significantly improved that <laughs> over the years for that type of thing. I don't think I've ever raced 10K cross though, because I think when I was younger, they used to do it. Was it the 12? Yeah, it was 12 and now it's 10. Yeah. Yeah. So I've never actually raced the 10. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of fun. Do you look at the start? Like, are you obviously aware of World Cross Country next year? Is that on the radar as well? Like, have you thought about, you know, there's a trials that are happening in Jan, but this will be a good good kind of stepping stone to see where you're at over the cross? Yeah, well, that's why I've decided to do it because mm. I was like, well, it'd be an awesome team to make. You know, I think they potentially, I don't know if it's four or six they select, but there's not many teams where you have that many 
places and to get a chance of doing it in Australia would be really cool. So I was like, well, I'm probably not going to do another cross country up until then. You know, that, this is going to be the last cross country I've got a shot at. So mm. I just thought, you know, give it a go. That'll be a good experience. It'll get one in the legs and then hopefully national cross next year I can have a crack or the selection trials have a crack at that and you know don't know where it'll go but I'd love you know it's one of those things where I think you know like I talked about about having world champs in the back of your mind I think it's one of those things that's going to make you want to really work hard and give you that really reason to train hard and I think you know building that engine in cross country and just getting stronger and stronger it's only going to help me as a runner so yeah that's that's a big reason why I'm doing it Representative Tassie, mate. You got Sammy Clifford coming over with you as well. Yeah, yeah. Two Tassie boys representing. Yeah, so pretty strong to have, you know, us two. And I know Sammy's going to be really, really strong over the cross. Um, you know, he's a beast over the hills. So mm. it'll be, I think he'll probably be quite competitive. Done some really impressive sessions with him lately. We knocked off like eight by K in 250s a couple of weeks ago. And just, you know, some, you know, three by two Ks and about 255 pace. So, sorry, four by two Ks. So, we've just been doing a few sessions like that. So, he's really strong at the moment as well. So, I think he's probably a lot better than what his PVs reflect. Yeah. And he's done a lot of good training. So, he's looking at having a real breakout this year after a few quieter years. Yeah, you've got an awesome crew down in Tassie. And I think that's one of the things that you just, and you know, we're obviously big fans of your work, but we just feel like, you know, you do, you do fly under the radar down there. And um, yeah, I think, I think a meet like this weekend and and what you've done and, and some of the road races and the track. Um, yeah. It starts to come through as like, Hey, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy's around and um, yeah, there's, there's a lot more in store in the coming, coming year, mate. And uh, as you, as you turn attention to summer as well, you, um, and would you look at altitude again, like going back up the falls? Yeah, like I'd love to um love to go back back to falls. It's been a few years since I've since I've been up there, but I've always got really, really good benefits from it. I'll probably have to um talk to the doctors and stuff about because I've had the brain stuff. Um, mm. so I know with my blood clots in my brain, you've got to be a bit careful with altitude. So probably have to be a couple of conversations there about it but yeah I've, I've always like it's it's probably been that thing that's been missing for me last year just not getting that altitude block mm. up at full so yeah I'd probably look at potentially doing that um early december give yourself give myself a bit of time leading into world, world cross trials i think it's about 15th of jan yeah nice chris so you got a couple of questions that have come through for us yeah, and I've got some, got some questions here, mate. Um, so there was one I was going to ask about the running scene in Sri Lanka, but I reckon we've already covered that. <laughs> Expensive, <laughs> I think. Sri Lanka. Uh, <laughs> I only walked through the airport. I wish I'd seen a bit more. Zach, you know more than me. Mate, yeah, you, nah, it's not good. When, when you're paying 48 bucks for a burger, it's probably about as far as you want to go. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a question here, mate. What key races have you got all you sort of setting yourself over the next 12 months? Obviously, going to have a look at, um, you know, national cross-country trials early in the year, but is there anything that you've got sort of 
put in the calendar beyond that or that's kind of the primary focus that you're going to work towards between now and then? Yeah, like I want to run better domestically in Australia this year. So that's a real focus to run a good 1,500 at least. Um, I've got like a slight plan. I'm always like, I never like locking stuff in too much because I've just, I've always found as soon as I lock stuff in, I end up getting injured or something happens and then you get disappointed. So, but in terms of like racing schedule, what I'm thinking for this year, so there'll be um, National Cross, obviously thinking about doing Sister Bay. So I'm going to see how this weekend goes and I'd love to have a crack at that in a couple of weeks. And then there's um, Bernie 10 on the 23rd of October. Then there's um, Noosa Bolt, potentially. I think that's the week later. Nice. And then it would just be probably, yeah, potentially maybe something track-related after the Noosa race, slowly come down, do maybe a 1,500 or something, whether it's Albie Thomas Mile or Zadapec 1,500, maybe even Zadapec 10. I don't know. I'll just see how I'm going. And then that will probably lead into a training block and then World, world Cross Trials, which will hopefully set me up well for, you know, Potentially, you know, obviously nationals, but well, if, if I made World Cross, that would be a real focus of just keeping that strength going and, you know, doing a 5K, couple 1500s. But I've even thought, you know, I, I even want to improve my 800 time this year. So I think that's something I need to work on as well. So it's probably going to be a big, broad race. And I'll, as I get close, I'll know exactly what I want to target. But at this stage, that's where I want to go. And then, you know, obviously, as a big goal set myself having a crack at um, trying to make worlds at Hungary, which is going to be very, very difficult with the level we've got at the moment. But, you know, it's still... Yeah, it's still a long way off and things happen. still a long way and, off yeah. and work hard and you never know. Paris around the corner. And um, we, we should disclose that question was from uh, from our, our mate Darren Templeton from Run the Tan, who puts on a bloody awesome event, which you, are, uh, you took out the honours last year, mate. And uh, were you... You heading back there to defend the title? Yeah, I mean, if everything's going well, like like I said, I don't like locking stuff in too much, yeah. but I love that <laughs> love that race. Did it the past two years, so um, yeah, I know Darren does a really good job. I saw it. I was in Melbourne on the weekend just for a footy trip with a couple of my mates, and mm. you know, saw Darren down there with the Run the Tan guys, and you know, he's obviously just really building a cool community and. You know, everyone, like my mate comes over from Tasman. It's just like they love, everyone loves running at the tan. There's something really special about it. And sometimes when you live in Melbourne, you take it for granted. But, you know, it is it is a very special track. So it's so cool to have a race there mm. each year. And, you know, your tan time, for me, it's, <laughs> I'm sure for you guys, it's like one of those times you put on your, if you can have a world athletics, you put your tan yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, when you're at work or like, you, you know, Melbourne, it, it's like, they don't care about what you've run over 10K. It's like, well, how fast yeah. can you run a lap of the 10? Or, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Like, <laughs> it's something people can really relate to and they've, they've yeah. got it in their head. And like they've, they've, a lot of people in Melbourne, you know, they've, they've gone for a job around the 10. They know what it takes to run 20 minutes around there, 15 minutes. So yeah. when they hear if you, you know, a guy like yourself run 1044, you're like, geez, you're bloody fit. (laughs) You're flying. Um, So yeah, it is, it is one of those benchmark things in in Melbourne and and potentially Australia as it gets bigger and bigger. It's really cool when you look at the list, like now, Mm. like when you look at the times, like nearly everyone that's been good's done a, done a time around the 10. Like it's really cool to see all the, 
different varieties of runners and the times that have been run, like, you know, starting with Mottram down to, mm. you know. Yeah, Stewie the trying to get there and, yeah, all the, everyone, the who's who to try and get on that leaderboard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another quick question. Uh, Joe Phillips, Philip Stargram, I think he's uh, Instagram handle is. Who is your favourite training partner? That's a good question. <laughs> um, like talking about the group, like it's pretty crazy how it works with me and Tassie. Like, you know, like looking at PBs and stuff, like it's obviously at the moment I've got Clifford that's ran similar over 10K, but me and him don't even really train. Like we have been the last few weeks, but before that we actually weren't training that often together. And it's, you know, like, we've got this really cool group where it's like, I, I feel like there's never like a massive group of guys around me, but it's like, I've always got someone and like Joe Phillips, he's, he's a guy that's been with me, you know, basically a lot of my track sessions, he's probably nearly been there as much as anyone in terms of my sessions. So, you know, he's got, he's ran a 50 second for 400, 157 for 800, but we really train well together and, and, you know, build each other up and, um, yeah, like it's really cool to be able to have that where it's like you don't necessarily have to have two people on the exact same level. It's like when you've got people and I just really appreciate how the boys, they're very self-sacrificing. Like yeah. I've been very lucky that it's like I'll get that. They'll come in and jump in for parts of my session. They'll work their session around me. So it's like I've got someone to run, run with for it. So, yeah, so it's really cool. In terms of like it's really hard for me to say, I think – probably in terms of favorites, probably Harry, like I feel like me and him, we just train very well together. We've got this thing where it's like, he's the type of guy that I can really relax within sessions, but also get the best out of myself. And yeah, like when we've really been going, there's just, I can't explain it, but he'd know the exact same feeling. It's just very, very special. And it's, yeah. we've got a very similar mindset, I think towards training. So but yeah, like oh, had so you know Tom Forthorpe, Jeff Risley, mm. Joey Phillips, Dougie Hammerlock, um, Sam Clifford. Like I've had so many training partners, but most of the time you're just happy if you get one person to rock up, and <laughs> make it. So you're not oh, not I mean, solo. It's, it's, so it's, it's huge, isn't it? Like just to know yeah. that that per, like you know even if they're just there for the warm up and you're doing a different yeah. session that. That can just be that thing that you know you spring out of bed going, well, I'm meeting Joe for the you know for the warm up. Um, we'll talk a bit, talk a bit of trash in the warm up, then we'll just get it done, and then talk about reflect on our workouts together afterwards. And that's, I mean, those are the things that can keep keep people yeah for for years on year. Yeah, and like I don't know what it's like for you guys at the moment. For me with work, like it's my social time. At the moment. Like, mm. It sounds funny, but it's like kind of keeps me healthy in terms of my social relationships because it's like I go from that and then it's like I'm at home working from home till mm. you know late at night and then it's like you know go home you know have dinner see your missus and that's it it's just like the routine so it's like it gives you that balance of having a bit of a social element into your life as funny as that sounds but mm. it's the reality for me right now as well so yeah bang on um We've held you, held you up for a bit, mate. We've got one or two more. Chris, oh, you want to go with, with Josh? Actually, speaking of Josh, he, uh, he actually sent us through a question. Yeah, right. Now, we've got one here from Josh. So, mate, Jimmy, Josh wants to know, where do you see yourself in five years? So, you know, 
Um, suppose what are you trying to accomplish and what distance? You know, is there something that you've, you're going to target specifically, you think? Or, um, yeah, just your thoughts on that and just your attitude towards your races. So he's noticed that your belief in yourself and your aggression in your races has really sort of been turned up and you've had some brilliant results over the last sort of 12 months. Um, is this something that you really conscious of or has that just happened naturally because of the increased confidence that you've got in your body? Jeez, that's a good question. <laughs> um, very um, with a rip, very well thought out question, Harry. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that one. Jeez, lost my train of thought. Um, I don't even remember what we we're talking about. First, <laughs> I was just thinking, the first part he's asking thinking, about. Yeah. I was first, just thinking, how gonna... this question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you surprised all of us, really, Josh. Eh? Um, no, um, where you see yourself in five years, and then, right. yeah, what you're going to accomplish and what distance, maybe start with that bit. Yeah, so five years, that's such a big question. Yeah. I think it's probably like most runners in Australia, like I probably left my last goal to be maybe 2026 com games. So how long is that? Like four years. Mm. So who knows? Like that's 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 where I've kind of like thought in terms of high performance, I'd like to to go to then. Originally it was going to be have a crack to Paris 2024 and then you know 2026 and then who knows what will happen but um yeah like i just want to i i don't know where it's going to be i don't know whether it'll be 5k or 1500 at this stage but i just want to get the best out of myself whatever that is and do the probably the strongest performance in any of those and you know when i've spoken to you boys about it for me it's just that that progression and just really enjoying that process of the incremental gains and Similar to the coaching, I, I love being able to coach myself and be creative with sessions, be creative with the way that I build my build my training and, you know, actually be, trying to build the best version of myself. And that's that's all I really put pressure on. It's like me just, just trying to get better at that and doing the basics that allow that to happen. And I feel like I'm in a really good headspace. With that at the moment, wherever that wherever that takes me, do the small things and just keep building and building and building and just seeing where that that goes to. And I don't know, I don't know what that'll look like. And I think I've seen some things in myself where I'm, you know, like Lonnie 10, for instance, I didn't probably ever think I'd be able to run that over 10K, but it's like when you just keep trying to get better and better and better, it's amazing what your body can do and how far you can you can take it. So I guess I'll just see where that that leads to, but very much I love the boxer kind of mentality mm. of just thinking, you know, you're almost preparing for a fight or same with a bodybuilder. You're just trying to build this. You're trying to build a, a you know, like a specimen type of thing. Like that's what I like to think of as running. Like it's just mm. simply you're trying to build this almost car inside and you see where that takes you. And eventually if you've got that best motor that you can build or, you're ready for that fight, you're going to be the best best you possibly can be. So that's all I really put pressure on. And whether that's, you know, my goal would be I'd love to run on the 335 for 1500. I think I could, I've had my pin code on my phone, 3349 for the last three years. <laughs> so I'm cool. getting sick yeah. of it. So, you know, and I might, I might never get there, but something like that would be a real you know, a goal. And that's something I feel like really stretches me. I'm like, I don't know whether that's actually within me. It's close enough that I can see it, but 
um, yeah, if I could do something like that, I'd be be stoked. And what was the second second the racing, wasn't it? Yeah, I know you've you've probably touched on a fair bit of that as well. Um, yeah, I was asking about yeah, you obviously you turned your um, you turned to your faith and your belief in yourself and and you know the aggression in your races has turned up. You've had some some brilliant results, but maybe yeah, what you it, it, when you stand on the start line is it just something that just you automatically can sort of switch on to now? Um, you don't even have to think about it, or you, you do yeah, need think, to get yeah. I think I think that just comes with the, tra- the confidence in the training. Like I know when I'm in good shape, I know when I'm not, and I'm realistic with that. And I know what it takes to be, I know what it takes to be in good shape. And it's like, if you've done all the work, it's like, you should be backing yourself. You've, you've been doing it day after day, you know, you've done everything you can do and you, you know, you're there. So that's, that's what's led to a bit more aggression in races. Cause it's like, I've got that. I know, I know I've worked so hard. I know I couldn't have done any more than what I've done. So, you know, and I have my times, I have my times when I'm not prepared and you got to be realistic with that sometimes. Like I'm, I'm really careful if I'm not prepared, don't go in expecting you're going to run amazing times. Like take the pressure off and realise that you can only run the best you can for what level you're at at that day. And, you know, earlier in the year that was, I remember I was at carnivals with Stewie and I basically said to him, I'm like, look, mate, you're going to, you're going to fly around me today. Cause, <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't like, it's not like a thing that I'm being a pussy or anything like that. It's like, you've got to have some self-awareness in running. And mm-hmm. when you get in really good shape, you can also have confidence and, and do that. But yeah, that's probably. Yeah. That's always struck me when I've seen the way you've raced is like, you just, yeah, that, that confidence when you're, when you're on, you just look so strong, the mindset and you're like, gee, this guy looks just invincible out there. And um, yeah, I've always been curious as to yeah, that, how you, you get that mindset and you've touched on how, yeah, that constant sort of positive thing and just, yeah, backing yourself. And I think a lot can be said for that. Like you've, you know, you, yeah, the way you, you approach races, um, yeah, I think it's you, a lot of people can learn about the way you believe in yourself from, um, from the way you conduct yourself on these race days. Yeah, and I used to have, I'm sure there's people out there that have had this, but I've, I've also had the real anxiety with races and the real the real struggles when I was younger, like that's, mm. I think that's part of the reason I have confidence now because I used to get that because I just didn't, you know, put pressure on myself and it's like, I didn't necessarily know what I was going to do, but when you do the training, when you do the work, you don't have to question that stuff anymore because it's like you've built what you can do. And as mm. long as you've got that conviction in yourself that you've done everything you can do, I think that's when you you got nothing to lose. Because you, you don't have to be hard on yourself. You don't have to have any regrets. You can just go in and go, you know what? Whatever happens is the best I can do and be happy with that. Um, so, yeah. And you don't even, like in a race week, you wouldn't, would you look at the field, like the course and the competitors, or would you just back yourself and go, you know what? I'm just going to rock up and I'm just going to run as hard as I can type thing. Yeah, I don't, I've found for me, and you probably have to find what works for you because people are so different but i don't i don't even like thinking about the race too much mm. at all like honestly just like even cross country this week like i don't don't even really think about it because i don't enjoy i don't enjoy thinking i find it stresses me <laughs> out if i think about it too early <laughs> yeah i might i might have a slight but like honestly I might have a slight thought before the race but it's like 
it's like I know what I've got to do on race week. It's like I've got to freshen myself up. So I'm very, I've always been someone that's very like process focused, I guess. Mm. As long as I keep that process in place, I know it's going to work out. You know, so all I need to worry about is freshen myself up. And then obviously it's like thinking about the race. It's like, well, you know, it's going to be really muddy. What spikes do I need? Like I know there's going to be Andy Buchanan, there's going to be Liam Adams, there's going to be some great guys out there. But honestly, you don't really know how you're going to feel, especially in a 10K, you don't really know how you're going to feel until you're out there. Mm. Um, and I think as long as you're aggressive, I think you're going to find out one way or another whether you're good enough to match it with those boys. Like 10K is long enough, you can't hide. And there's, mm. you're either going to be good enough or you're not. And you'll find out, you'll find out when you get out there. So. No, it's handy. I know with, with, with athletes, we coach, um, Chris, you probably share the same experience that, yeah, like race week can be pretty nerve wracking. And if you, you know, it's Tuesday, Wednesday and you're, you're overthinking about the race, it can kind of detract and yeah, drain a lot of energy. And I think, you know, hearing, hearing someone of Jim James's um, ability to sort of say, Hey, he doesn't really think, overthink it this, this early out. Um, yeah. It's kind of refreshing. I think. And it also goes to show that the, the kind of form that he's in it, you know, you know, as he's done the work, he's ready to go, you know, let's save that mental energy for a race day and just go and put it into action. So now very much looking forward to, to cross country yeah. on the weekend, like just having a look at the field and we're not going to go through it one by one, but it's, it's looking like it's yeah. going to be a good race. There's some good names there and cross country just throws all those variables in there. So you're going to yeah. have people like Jimmy, who's great on the track. And then you've got, um, you know, some guys who are probably more renowned as marathon runners and everyone in between. So yeah, it'd be cool to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, no, it's going to be cool. Thanks for jumping on, Jimmy. Um, we'll obviously be the Run to BB community will be following along, you know, obviously your journey this weekend, but um, yeah, the, all the races you've got coming up and uh, we'll continue to share that. And yeah, thanks for taking the time to give us a bit of an update. We we obviously love following what you've been doing overseas and to hear about it uh, firsthand has been great. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Exactly, and Chris, always good cool. to catch up. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Jimmy. for the weekend. Awesome. Speak to you soon. We've got a couple of heroes of the week. We've got two this week. Bit of a duo. Do a couple of couple of Maddie's athletes. Um, where Reese Whitaker and, and Stacey went over to the Adelaide Marathon for the weekend. And if you were talking duo, they've gone matchy matchy on the um, race day kit. Love it, absolutely love that, mate. The old um, that up, You're a big fan singlet. of that. I am, I am. That that's how it should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a very, very impressive Aerosmith singlet. It's sort of the um, almost like the fluoro yellow color. Yeah, high vis um, yellow. High vis yellow <laughs> with the black shorts. Um, looking looking very neat and tidy. Um, I like that. Big fan. And. Um, some very impressive results from Reese and Stacey as well. Um, Reese ran a two-minute PB in the half and ran 115.22 for 11th overall. And Stacey, fifth in the 10K overall, not quite a PB, um, ran 38.47. But funnily enough, mate, that was only her second proper race since 2019. Yeah, I was just reading that. So Maddie, Maddie sent through some, some info on it for us. And, uh, yeah, geez. 
that's that's a lot of like you, you need a few races to get going and if you if you're only in your second one to come out and run yeah nearly a pb 38 47 that's um yeah bloody good going oh sizzling <laughs> just shows that um you know stacy's in good form and she's done a really good job lately you know obviously a few injury niggles and um you know covid rearing its ugly head but um yeah it's been able to keep that consistency going and um yeah, I think Stacey's working towards the Melbourne half and um, Reese has got the Melbourne marathon coming up. So, yeah, it'd be cool to see them both hit the start line, hopefully in the same kit. Um, yeah, the power couple uh, yes. head to Melbourne after taking over Adelaide. But, yeah, that is um, – and, and Maddie touched on just, um, you know, they're both both – got events at Melbourne Marathon and Matt sent them up to Fernie Creek for um, for some of their long runs. Um, a couple of tweaks in the program. I know with Stacey, you mentioned just, um, yeah, they've reduced frequency and intensity sessions. And um, yeah, that some of these, these tweaks seem to be working perfectly because um, the last 2K, uh, she flew home. So yeah, all things um, heading in the right direction there. No, it's good to see. And that's what we want from our runners, isn't it, mate? Just that ability to be able to train consistently, be injury-free and and get the rewards for the hard work that they're putting in. Yeah, I like this from Maddie as well. He mentioned that in um, gave gave Reese a few cues in the race, which was patience, rhythm and push, and then said, gave him the licence to go with 5K. And, uh, yeah, he he took it all right, dropped to 17.15 and, um, yeah, Coach Mat- Mattress Davey was very happy with that, um, the way he finished that off and he obviously heading towards Melbourne Marathon. So a couple of run to BB heroes, um, yeah, just flying the flag in Adelaide. Mate, what better way to have a weekend away? Yeah, uh, really? get, mat- get matching kits, go over there, <laughs> <laughs> smash out a, um, yeah, awesome weekend and then, um, yeah, come back another, what, five, six weeks and, and then they get to do it in Melbourne. No, that's it, mate. We've got plenty, plenty of people lined up for Melbourne as well. I think um, we've got a run to PB team sorted out for Melbourne Marathon at this stage. It's a good question, Chris. I reckon that they're already ideal. I will check that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. just looking at my, yeah, there's quite a few on my list that are, um, they're definitely running Melbourne Marathon. But yeah, I know we did one last year, but we do need to sort that out and, the, the guys at IMG, will, if people have entered, will be able to work out a way to add them into that group. They're usually pretty good at that. So that is good. Uh, and there's some international marathons coming out. Got a few going to Berlin, a few in New York. So, yeah, there's going to be a big second half of the year. And obviously London's around the corner. So we'll be chatting about all things marathon over the next few months, mate. No, that's it. Exciting times. There's also... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, well, you can, you can go with the segue into overseas-based uh, athletes, Chris. Yeah, no. So um, we've got Serene. So we want to want to shed a bit of light on this one, mate. Random act of kindness because um, <laughs> obviously life's life's pretty stressful for a lot of people at the moment, and um, you know, you probably we've all had experiences. I reckon where um, we've probably observed some behaviour that's been less than stellar in the community, but um, here's one we want to highlight. So Serene, she's based in Hong Kong and coached by Isaac. Um, so they've been working together since June. And, um, you know, I believe Isaac has just recently had a birthday and um, Serene's 
done a little bit of research and um, what she's done. It's, you know, just, it's, I reckon it's just super thoughtful. So mm. Serene's organised a, a coffee voucher for Isaac um, at the cafe in the children's hospital where he works. Um, he's not quite sure how she knew that he worked in that particular building, but it's the actual, it is the genuine cafe in the wing where he works. Um, so just yeah. something a little like that. I just reckon that's just absolutely brilliant. When I heard about this, I had a smile from ear to ear. I just love this sort of stuff. Yeah, this is what and it prompted me to say, hey, Chris, we've got to mention this on the podcast because, um, yeah, Isaac sent it to me and, you know, um, he's, you know, Serene's had some races over in Hong Kong. They've been working together pretty closely in the next you know, last two months. Um, we've got a great rapport. But then he was just blown away when this rocked up in his, when this came into his email um, inbox that he had a copy, you know, a virtual copy voucher for the cafe he just goes to every day. He's thinking, what the, you know, obviously it's just a colleague or something, but it turns out it's an athlete based in Hong Kong. There's actually somehow, yeah, and, you know, talk about attention to detail and obviously a bit of LinkedIn stalking maybe or <laughs> something, but to do that is bloody nice. Like, you know, it's, it's just a really nice thing, I think, to um to surprise someone and, um yeah, good way to maybe um ensure your program, you know, you maybe get um, a couple of extra rest days or something. Oh, absolutely. I believe Serene found his birthday on his IAAF profile. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's, that is some really good detective work. Absolutely. Hey, the, the internet, it's a great thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, he has used but, it for good this time. Yes, when it's used for good. But um, no, yeah. I just, it was really cool. I mean, look, obviously, um, you know, it, it's the thoughtfulness of it and, and the effort. Just, and look, it might only be a small gesture like a coffee, but I reckon yeah. um, when, when Isaac found out about that, he would, just would have been absolutely gobsmacked. And it's the sort of thing, like, it, it's a small gesture, but mm. it's the sort of thing. He, he'll remember that for a really long time. I just reckon it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was definitely something we wanted to to highlight. And um, yeah, probably, yeah, good good note to end the show on, I reckon, Chris. Eh? Yeah. And look, we're, we're certainly not saying, hey, um, if you <laughs> send us coffee, <laughs> we, send we, your coach a coffee voucher. Send your coach a coffee voucher because they're all doing it pretty nice. Um, it's more just, um, just what a thoughtful, lovely thing to do. And, yeah. you know, um, we've all got stress in our lives at the moment and it, whether it's buying someone a coffee or it might be a genuine compliment or just saying thank you to a stranger. Yeah. Um, it's little things like this that really do brighten someone's day. So yeah. Good on you, Serene. You, you're an absolute legend. Absolutely. hundred percent. No, Chris, O, we'll, um, we'll end it there, mate. It's been a, been a, been a big episode. Been great to catch up with, with Jimmy and um, yeah. We'll um we'll be back next week. We might have we actually got a couple of things in the pipeline. We can't can't let it out exactly. We just got to firm it up. But a few special guests that uh yeah some interesting stories that we can share. Oh absolutely, mate. Special guests results to to cover. Um you know cross country champs. I know we've got a couple of coaches. Obviously we've got Jimmy, but Andy Buchanan yeah will be on the around. start line, and we've actually got one of our athletes in Nathan Stoke. Um, also on the start line for the national cross so yeah it'd be pretty cool to see how those guys go and um, yeah obviously a few other races going on around the country too yes now uh, that's going to be a lot to lot to unpack on the next one mate so 
Yes, rest up and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up for another episode next week, mate. Sounds good, mate. Take care. We'll chat soon. Oh, 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 oh,